Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Really, uh, I haven't had this experience 
um, ever, and I really thank God for it. I've got some good friends in the kingdom. People have done some phenomenal things. But for somebody to say, this is it, I know God assigned this to me. He'll tell you, God assigned taking it on to him. And he takes it, talking about me taking it on. He takes it on very seriously and very, very diligently. So we thank God for him. We're praying because I want his business to go through the roof after I've gone through the roof. See, see first I got to well, go. But he started out right. He his did. company was completely maxed out. He yep. said, we're going to reach out. I know a guy. This will be his project that he does with us. Your show. And don't we love our camera? We love Justin. Justin is yes. so precious. <laughs> we do. We love Justin. And so we got Les and Justin who are making it happen. On a shoestring. Never made us feel bad, thank you, about our shoestring. Never made us feel bad about small beginnings. He said, we could do something with that. We could do something with this. We can make this happen. So I'm, I'm thrilled. And I, I, I'm excited because, you know, even to care about my birthday like that and, yeah. and uh, all of the other things. And, I mean, it's just a great time when we shoot. We, we lock in for like six hours. And uh, Would you, say you better hope you like somebody. Oh, shit, <laughs> We got a lot of Jesus love going on there. Yeah. You know, a lot of Jesus love. But we lock in for about six hours. We we shoot. We get the show done, and we can just keep going. And I'm I'm having a blast. I, I, I did not think that at this stage in my life that I would re, be rebooting my life. But my life is in full reboot. And um, I thought I wouldn't appreciate it so much, but I'm having a, a, a great time. I'm looking forward to it. We're looking forward to taking the show on the road because that's, he has enormous vision. Oh, yeah. He has enormous vision. He's an enormous visionary, and so we're looking to take the show on the road. We're looking to make things happen, and I want to get back to, but hey, it began with you. I'm never going to let you forget it so that I never forget it. So I say it began with you. It began with your faith. It began with you calling in and, 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 and asking questions. And, you know, in the beginning, it wasn't just about prayer and counseling. You would ask questions about the Bible. Remember the early days? We'd have questions about the Bible. I'd say something. Somebody else would call in and say something else. And, and then we added the prayer factor. Well, we started with the prayer factor. Then we moved into that. Then we added the prophecy. So it began with you. Just remember that. Because sometimes you're in the body of Christ, you're in a place where they're just, you know, just we're going through the metronome of ministry, you know. It's just the routine is droning on, and you wonder what it's all about, and you wonder if you're making a difference. Just tune in and remember it is. We have a family list. We look at the people who post. I do look at the people who post. And I, we have a family list. We, a, a group of us, we go back a long way. We, we've started and we go back a long way. I just want you to remember that it started with you and then your seeds and then your prayers and your intercessions and your encouragement. Please remember that this all started with you. We're about to break out. I have no doubt in my heart that this show is going right through the roof, no doubt whatsoever. I'm, I'm telling you, I have no doubt. I have no doubt because I know what God is doing in me. I have no doubt because I know what God has brought his people to. I know, have no doubt because I know the state of the world and its readiness to receive a solution, even if it is an unplaced, unpleasant tasting medicine now and again. This is going to go because people are tired of the lie. 
They're tired of deception. They're tired of the con and the manipulation. They're tired of the abuse and all of those other negative, adverse things that, that make you say, you know, if this is life, I can do without it. And so I know it's going to go. And we're doing, we're having a great time here in Tulsa with the show. Our YouTube is, uh, numbers are increasing. And I want to say to you, don't forget, you can watch Taking It On just by pushing the button on your device. But if you want to be notified of what we're doing, be a part of the family, be a part of our, our giveaways and all of those kinds of things, our recognitions, um, you need to sign up on my YouTube. You need to just become a subscriber. And, and, and here's the deal. You all have been so great. We've been on a great job. I mean, come on, we got a, um, we're almost hitting 20,000 on our Facebook. We're, I've been praying for that. I'm pushing for 20,000 likes. Could you all help me? Hallelujah. But, um, I mean, we're almost at 20,000 likes. That's you. That's you and me. Because uh, I'm not going to, I'm not buying into the great big minister at the top and all the wonderful little people. No, I don't know little people. I know people and the people in my family. And so we've done great. I need to get those numbers up. I mean, my Twitter up. But most importantly, my YouTube numbers have to explode so we can do other things. And we can come to the intention of the people who can get us where we want to go. So do me a favor. If you haven't, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Also have your family subscribe, your children. A lot of teens and kids watch me. So you can have them subscribe if it's possible. I don't know the age limit, so I don't want to get anybody in trouble. You know, because sometimes you, you, you forget that there are age limits. Make sure that we don't mess over that. But send it to your friends, your coworkers. This is great. Send the link to them. And when you send the link and say, also, subscribe. You, you want to subscribe to this. Become a subscriber to my Taking It On channel broadcast so that it can become a channel. Then I can put my name on it. You know, it becomes me, and we can do all sorts of things. So do me a favor. Even as you're sitting there listening today, if you haven't, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and like me on Facebook. I want to hit that 20,000. I want my hearts and my, what else do I get on, on I get uh, um, the hearts on, all the, I, want, I want all that stuff. I want to hear from you. I want to feel you in my heart. The second thing I want to say today is I bless every one of you who sent me a birthday well-wishing, a birthday blessing. I bless you back in the name of Jesus. I bless your birthdays whenever it is. I bless your birthdays to be remembered even by people you don't expect for your family to celebrate you and your friends and colleagues to celebrate you as wonderfully as you have celebrated me over the years. I mean, I never want for encouragement and, and affirmation or any of those kinds of things because of you, because we're family. We are family, and that's real. You wait till my show gets big enough and I get a studio. You all going to be there. We're going to, y'all going to be there. You're going to say, but it started with us on that little phone call on a Thursday morning. And look at us today, because this is an us happening. It's not just happening to Dr. Price. This is an us happening. Please hear that. I know you're not often, you know, told that. I think that we need to, we who, who are blessed by our, our family and, and our friends who follow us, we need to let you know that this is a, a joint effort, and there is a, a, a respective reward for all of us. So I thank you for celebrating my birthday. And I just want somebody out there to know, I love roses. Just for the record, I'm just, I'm just saying, I love roses. They send me pretty little roses on the, don't I go crazy over there? Yes. 
I love them. And yellow roses are my favorite, and I absolutely adore them. Those I like. So I like when you send them to me on a little thing. Somebody sent me one one time. It just kept opening up and closing, and it opened up. And I still keep, just, you know, I keep stuff. But I wanted to thank you. Lastly, before I get into what we're going to discuss today, um, I want to say to you that taking it on still needs you. We need your seed. We need your, your, your sacrifices. We need significant sums of money to keep the show going forward and keeping the production as, as uh, appealing as it is, as professional as it is. You know, we, we want to upgrade. I'm, I'm telling you, our executive producer says, I want to upgrade how Christian television is done. You know, we need to come out of the one camera in the back of the church, and the Lord understands. And so he has a vision for that. His vision is huge for that. I believe that God is going to use him as a major marketing and production company to see to that end for ministry. Because, you know, every time, every time you go out, remember when we first went out, God has always blessed me with people who sacrifice and so always when it comes to media. That's how I know media is my seat. Because when it comes to media, I mean, God just said this, boom, take over this, handle this, do that. That's why I know. And so, but many times you go out to try to do something like that for God, and the price is so prohibitive. You can't make it happen. You're not trying to be the one guy in the camera, the one girl sitting behind a, on a, ta- on a table with a, a intake. You're not trying to be that, but that's what we're pushed to. But I think this young man is going to make a major splash as we go forward and as he, he continues to explore the options and opportunities that are available here. And, and so I thank God for it, but I need you. I need you it could, because good cost, you know, good cost. We have to recognize that. We can't keep saying that Christian television is cheesy and then we don't want to, we don't want to buy the steak. No, if you want it to stop being cheesy, then you need to sow into the steak. See how wonderful that is? You can't say it's the songs of this or whatever. So I am a woman of excellence, and to the best of my ability, I'm going to go and hit the high bar. That's who I am. That's what I do. That's what I've been doing for all of these years because I don't believe that we should have products and services and productions out there in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, say he gave it to us, and it looks like we drug it out of the, the used program basket. Dated this and dated that. We put a lot of thought into that, but I don't think this is just for me. I think some of you all have similar ideas and similar callings, and God needs more than one. He needs a bunch of people talking his truth. He's got a bunch of people treating him like trash. There's a bunch of preachers misrepresenting him, a bunch of preachers who are self-serving and self-absorbed who could care less about God's harvest. That is the, the, the state of today, but there are a lot of you, like me, who have a problem with that who feel like the truth should be known. People should have an opportunity to choose the truth of their lie. They should have an opportunity to choose heaven or hell. They should have an opportunity to know what the difference between the two are and what rewards await them on either side. We did a show, um, one of the shows we pre-recorded yesterday, so you, you can control the, you only get a choice. You don't get the consequences. You only get a choice. All of those, those, those people and the women who've done abortions, all you did was choose to kill your kid. You don't get to choose the consequences because those paths are laid out for you. The people who commit crimes, the people who apostatize to Jesus Christ, you know, against them, they just, all you do is get the choice. 
And somebody needs to tell you free will is just a choice. A choice is one instantaneous moment. One instantaneous moment. Consequences are can be a lifetime. They literally can be a lifetime. You know, you make a choice to go and drive drunk, you get in a car accident, you're wounded or your passenger is killed. That's a lifetime consequence. You didn't choose that consequence, but you chose the choice that would put you on the path to it. And we need to talk about sometimes free will and what we're really saying. And in my book, uh, Before the Garden, I have a whole thing on predestination where we talk about choice and we talk about consequences. And, and so those of you who have the book, go to that page. It might be an index and look it up. But you have to recognize choice is all you have. And we have put so much emphasis and, and we place so much value on choice, free will, free choice. You don't recognize you don't have a free will if all you get is a choice. That's the argument. I was doing, I'm, in, I'm constantly developing something or researching something. So I was researching, and, the, the, you know, the word free will comes up, I mean, endlessly. And people have all sorts of opinions about it. And do we really have free will? And do we, don't, do we not have free will? And is God really, you know, tricking us and all of that? But let me tell you something. A choice, write this down, because I don't want you to ever forget it. A choice is only one instantaneous moment. You get to make a choice once. After that, you are managing and navigating consequences. You don't get, you, I jump in and then I'm out. The choice to do this and the, and the choice, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Do, do you know one choice that I hate because, you know, I'm Dr. Price, so I can say all of this stuff because I'm getting ready to say that. Amen. Let me say it now. Is the one where you went out you, and, and the date rate one. You went out, you made a choice to go out. Then you made a choice to go to somebody's house, and then you made a choice to start caressing and fondling. And you made a choice to get into foreplay. And then you made a choice to go ahead and take off your clothes. And then right at the door, he's about to enter. Now you made another choice. And he got to go to jail for date rape because you didn't realize you didn't want penetration. Because you started realizing, I, I, I think that's the absolute worst law ever. First of all, I think sexual stuff is hard to prove anyhow unless people got cameras. So that's it. But that is the most malicious law ever. That is a woman saying, I'm going to tease you enough to incriminate you. That is the absolute, yeah, you know, don't, you know, hey, we've been together a long time. Some of y'all are doing that. Well, I told him to stop with. Well, I had my panties off and I told him to stop. Are you kidding me? You can't even stop your car that fast. You got to slow that thing down. You can't stop your car that fast. You cannot stop wind. You can't stop a runaway train like that. Who in the world came up with that? Some malicious devil. And so you're going to incriminate somebody because you didn't recognize that you didn't want penetration. Now, you know, took us all the way up to the road. When you got into foreplay, when you started opening buttons and pulling stuff out, that was when you had to make up your mind, oops, I don't want to do this. That's hard. And I don't know why I'm talking about this, but somebody has done that or you're doing that. I'm telling you guys going to hold you accountable for it. I promise you he is. Because, see, God is in the midst. I don't care what you say to your lawyer. I don't care how your lawyer says it. I'm telling you that God is going to judge you for that. Because you shouldn't have been there anyhow. When you begin to gap your legs and take hands and fingers in places they don't belong, you should have, by that time, 
you have already got that train in high motion, and you're going to incriminate somebody because you were teasing, you were playing, you just you thought you were doing high school petting. That's crazy. That's just me. How they doing with that, Ashley? Feel the fire. <laughs> Like it is, raw and true. Raw, you know, you know, we have to be. I have to kind of behave myself on the TV show. I'm trying to behave myself. I'm, I'm really trying. It is so difficult, you know, taking it on. I'm. I said, but I am taking it on. This is taking it on. Whoever you are, you need to fix that because you are criminalizing these people down to the point of them having records on a date rape. If you were on a date, why are you in a position to be raped? Because we've defined dating as sexting. So now we're sexing all the time. That's a date. You got dinner and a gap. Hallelujah. Cheers. Yes. Well, this weekend's episode of Taking It On, you addressed God's ways, and this was recorded right before Valentine's Day. Oh. So you, you hit the truth behind Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Y'all don't want to miss that. You know, and, and you know what? It fell nicely. We let you go play, and now we're going to tell you how you shouldn't have been in that playground. It's going to be great. But we need that. You know, again, I said on the show, actually, when we were talking, I said, but God has specific cyclical issues. These are not even cyclical. These are entrenched issues that God has. And we, if we want to decide what is God and what is not, what is truth, what is a lie, you need to know and become quite familiar with God's entrenched issues. These are deeply entrenched issues that go all the way back to before time began. Number one, God's issue is always other God. Write it down, always other God. I think we talked about this Sunday, wasn't it? Anyway, I said it sometime, yeah. So number one, always other God. So you need to trace and track the God that's inspiring what you are desiring. That's his deepest, God's issue. God made creatures. He made angels. He made spirits. He made people, populations, and they all have a hierarchy. I know we don't like hierarchy, but it is what it is, you know. Tall is tall because short is short. So that's a hierarchy. So that's number one. Number two, always sexual immorality, always sexual immorality, abuse of his sexual um, gifts, always. That's always God's issue because other gods need sex to get in you. You need that. See, they need that. So that's another deeply entrenched issue for God. And so we've got idolatry. And then we have um, adultery. Because God has always designed people in marriage to serve his purposes. And so we're finding out now that, you know, you, you can marry whom you want. And I've said this before, you can marry whom you want. But only God will tell you if you are sexually or reproductively compatible. Some of you all got married to people, never had children, never figured out that y'all, you all were sexually incompatible or you were reproductively incompatible. In other words, your makeup does not lend itself to that microscopic makeup or difference in another person. So if you get married and have a whole lot of kids, then you need to know. Well, how do you know? You have to listen to the Lord because you really don't know unless you, of course, want to have a child out of wedlock, at which point you bring in another thing, which is bringing us back to transgressions of God's law. So God's other, here's his next one. The next one is witchcraft. God is always dealing with people who hack his creation. 
Witchcraft has always been around, always breaking laws, always breaking into things. It's not God, always appropriating what belongs to the creator or what the creator has given to humanity for themselves to use it against humanity. That's a big deal. Witchcraft is taking what is God's gift to humanity and appropriating it selfishly or for self-serving reasons. So, you know, I know we talked about, you know, manipulation, dominance. No, no, because sometimes witchcraft is not even about any of that. Half of that time, a lot of that time, you think about these white hats and black hats, these hackers, they call, that, that's witchcraft. And sometimes it's not just a, a manipulation, dominance. I don't even know who came up with that, but, you know, we worked with that. That was good back then, but it was, it was not altogether accurate. Because witchcraft is about taking what belongs to someone else, what the creator has given to someone else's providence and taking God's providences for humanity and appropriating it to personal benefit or to assault humanity, to abuse people, or to defraud, or to rob, or to cheat. And so when you think about that, this is a, witchcraft is a bullying spirit. It's always going to be a bullying spirit. I don't care white witch, black witch, it doesn't matter. They're always going to bully you because the whole premise, the entire foundation and framework of what they do is they appropriate others, steal, kill, destroy. That's what they do, steal, kill, destroy. It may not kill your body, but they kill your hope. And they do it through a variety, a myriad of reasons. And when you start looking into this thing, now the you know the latest thing is they got you know how they're gonna put, learning how to psychologically override your brain or override your will, push thoughts into your mind. I have to fight that. I'll be like, you are a lying spirit. I want you to understand. I ain't taking your thought. You're not getting in my brain. But let me put some thoughts in yours. See, we have to start reciprocating. Let me put some thoughts in your brain. Let me give you the thought of Jesus Christ who defeated your, your, your leader and cast you, him out of heaven. Let's talk about how you all were destroyed by the cross. So you need to start, instead of start acting all crazy, begin to preach to them. Preach to that when they project. Uh-uh, let me send you some thoughts. I've got some to send you. I do. I said it all by my, yes, I do. I have some thoughts for you. You need to get saved. I have some thoughts for you. You need to learn about, I have some thought. I call you a criminal. You are spiritually incriminating yourself by invading my mind and my thoughts. I rise up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I take full authority over your dispatches, and I send them back to the pit of hell. I will not let the devil you sent come back to you. I'm going to send that spirit to the pit of hell. I have the authority to do so. You breach my territory. You breach my sphere. I'm coming at you, and I'm not coming at you intimidated. And the number one thing they do, just in case you want to know, they come in with history to frustrate your destiny. They come in with history. They come in to make you feel sorry for yourself. They come in with a pity party. Look at how hard you've been. Work for Jesus, and look at how much you didn't get, and look at that. You love both. Look, you love and. All in your database, all remembering your files, all in your memory bank, trying to pull up things that have caused you to, to frazzle your faith and forget who Jesus is. Take you back to your childhood. Take you back to your daddy. Take you back to the The devil's got to take you back, but they can't take you forward because they don't have the future script. That's why they're writing one, because they don't have God. 
So God's issue with witchcraft is, is that, and you all have got to stop celebrating it like it's got it going on. They are criminals. They are spiritual criminals breaking the law of God. How do you know that? Because the word transgression means breaching the law, breaching the boundaries. They have no right to breach the boundary in your house, but you better make sure that you don't give them a right. A lot of times they riding off your authority. You dating some crazy person, bringing all kinds of people into your life, you hanging out in clubs and stuff like they, like they don't. They're, they're scouting for folk like you. They're always looking to breach God's sacred precincts. That's what they do. But you need to understand that's not how this works. It's, trust me. The cross downgraded it to a work of the flesh. Galatians says it, doesn't it say it? Galatians 5, do I have a chat? Look up here, glasses appeared out of the way, come on. Yes, I do. I, once you, see, I keep telling you all, you need to get to the strong Christians and the strong leaders, and they're not strong because they're obstinate. Obstinacy is not necessarily strength. We, some people are just obstinate, and you're calling them strong. But I want to read this Galatians thing, and I'm having fun now. I'm, I'm waking up. I, had to, I don't know what was in this. Galatians. This because you need to know this. We because we don't pay attention. So I'm going to go to Galatians five. Do I have five? There we go. Galatians five. Now we understand the fruit of the spirit, and we love teaching that one, right? But then, but Paul said this, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that ye cannot do the things you would. So you are always, always in a flesh spirit battle. Your new creation spirit, 100% God, 100% like God, meant to be like God. It's also preserved and it is also uh, um coded by the Holy Ghost. So that new spirit, you got that. That's working. But just that, that flesh thing in the middle, that's not so good. And it's not so good because it's already been constructed and primed and coded for the world. So it can't, when your new spirit is coming in and your old man is saying, what? No. Uh-uh, no. Mm-mm, I don't know. That's too hard. And so you're excited because that new heart is all excited, but that old man is not enthused about having to be um, regulated and governed by something else. They don't like it. That's what this passage is saying. The old man is like, I don't care that you got a new spirit. I don't care that you have a new heart. I don't even care that the Holy Ghost is in you. I don't like change. I refuse to change. I refuse to do the will of God because I have been in charge of my own will since you've been in this planet. So this passage is actually saying that. Make sure you do it. If you're a Bible teacher, this is a great one for you to explore. And so he said, but if, if you be led by, of the Spirit, you are not under the law. What is that? I love that. I love that. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. What law? The law of Moses, but also the law of sin and death. Paul says in Romans 7, but there's a law in my members. So your old man has a law. It has a government. It has structure. It has priorities. It has orders. It has inclinations in, and inspiration. It is not looking to let go what formed it and shaped it since you've been in the planet to something that it has never known existed. 
is not trying to do that. That takes something called your will and joining your will with the will of God. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. Manifest means they show up, they show out, they're obvious. It says, which are these? Adultery, I told you. Standing issue for you. You want to know God's standing Standing issue. This is deep interest in adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, um, um, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations with strife, wrath, seditions, and heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like. That's a lot of work of the flesh. Now, we keep this in, our, um, in a spiritual uh, or in a biblical context. We'll never explore what they look like. But these actually track with what Jesus said, come out of the heart of the old man. But did you notice, he said, work of the flesh. He did not say a spiritual power. He said, witchcraft is a work of the flesh. Idolatry, work of the flesh. Adultery, work of the flesh. And they, one's not stronger or better than the other. They're all in the same list. Wrath, envy. Envy is a powerful thing. If you want to know what envy actually think of it, the evil eye. I and somebody with evil for their good, even though they don't even know it. So when you think about that, murder, work of the flesh, drunkenness. What is drunkenness? Addiction. Addiction. Drunkenness is addiction, intoxication. So what are we talking about? We're talking about sorcery. Witchcraft, the, 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 the sorcery side of witchcraft is addiction. Because of the potions that are made to break your will. A lot of these pharmaceuticals that they have taken up the task of being, of providing the sorcery side of witchcraft. The drugs that are supposed to make you feel great, psychotropic drugs, you don't know what you say, don't, don't dream and kind of stuff. And what, that, why? Because if, if there are things that you can make the mind do if you shut down the judgment. The judgment center, if you shut that down or if you pervert it, the brain will get confused and it will start operating on different signals and it will start doing different things because nothing is telling it not to. So whatever instinct, whatever stimuli is given, it's going to do that. It's going to remember. It's going to confuse its memories and confuse the, con the, the constraints you put on what you can recall and what you shouldn't, what you can permit and what you shouldn't. So the, the drug culture is very big, and it's important to the destruction of the human psyche. And, it's to the, and if you destruct, destroy enough humans in a society, you have destroyed the society. You destroy enough of its culture, you have destroyed the nation. The goal is because people who are intoxicated don't participate in life. They pervert it or they avoid it, but they don't participate in it. Because the whole purpose of altering your state of mind is for you to relax something or to engage in something else. So you need to, you need to figure this out. This is all in the Bible. So drunkenness and then reveling. I like the order. God is saying something, and one day we'll teach this in our biblical psychology class because the order is very important. The sequence, very important, because there's a chain reaction. And so we, we will talk about that. And then revelings, you know, when you think about it, revelings. Now, let's go back. I want to go back to um, lasciviousness, because, you know, that real big word that we don't use in the 21st century, here's what it means. It means lustfulness, 
always lusting, always lusting for something, greedy, you know, craving, perverse appetites. You are always have an appetite for that which pleases the flesh and, des- and destroys the human or destroys the psyche. The next one is licentiousness, of course, where you want to do all kinds of stuff that you really ought not. You really ought not. You want to break every rule. You know, those rule breakers, you want to break every rule just because you can. Next one is lewdness. Now, lewdness is what we see in the church every week. The, the half-dressed women, the, the skinny jean men, the boobs that are hanging out, the, the yoga pants, the pants are so tight that even the butt doesn't know it's covered. You know, lewdness is nakedness, and, and it's nakedness for the, for the purposes of provoking pornography. And then wantonness. And wantonness is I, you can't be satisfied. I want this, I want that, and that wantonness is always tied to sexuality. Because in the end, it's always going to be about sex. Because people ask, well, y'all talk about, why, why is everybody talking about sex? Because it's Satan's key coup. It's through sex that he can pass along those spirits that got kicked out of God's world. It's through sex that he can impregnate women with his seed, his firm. And so, so you all don't know that, so I have to say it so you can get it. And then, of course, when we look at, so we, we're looking at that, and then we look at reveling. So what is reveling? This is the party life. The club life is a reveling place. It's a reveling port. The, all those clubs, the bars, all of those bath, you know, bathhouses and all that other stuff that you all go to, that's what reveling pertains to. And then loud merrymaking or any kind of, any, listen to this, or any kind of disorderly or immoral feast. Immoral feast. That's what it do when you all go, you get high, you go and you sleep around with each other and you don't know who's been and where, you don't know any of that. See, that's reveling, and that's a work of the flesh because the old man needs to have, needs to obey the dictates of the demon that was in the family tree, of the devil that's in the gene line, in the genealogy, who requires this. Not everybody likes it. Everybody got their favorites of this, everybody. And then those are, you know, and so the, the sexuality is the party favor, the drug party favor. All of those are the party favor. And then intensely, uh, intense desires. And then, um, so I'm, I'm reveling in such light, and I like the word such light, but it says, of which I tell you before, as I told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not. See, we don't read this. You need to highlight this. If you are on it, just get your little highlight on your device. It says, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If this is your life and this is your old man, if your old man is not subject to the new man where the old man can get renewed, being renewed, why? Being renewed because it's being recoded by God because of his word, because of prayer, because of devotion, because of abstinence, because of restraint, because of self-control, because of discipline. And he begins to tell you how to rewrite that old man. And, and, and we call it the fruit of the spirit. But so you got people to say, well, God really doesn't mind. God doesn't mind that you do it. If you don't mind going to hell, he doesn't mind if you want to go. We make it a big deal. Like he's going to cry over every soul that's, that's going to go to hell. He's not going to cry. He already weeps. He said, I weep for you. And then I dried my eyes. I incarnated my son, sent my son to the earth, sent him to the cross, sent him to hell to get those out who believe. 
sent the Holy Ghost to change your nature and then gave you the gospel of Jesus Christ for you not to go to hell. Now, if that's not enough, I don't know what to tell you, says the Holy Ghost. I am not going to cry. Remember, and when you read Revelation, we're not having a tear-jerking party up there. We're having a supper. They're having supper with the Lamb. Y'all down there, we're having dinner. We're going to have a party of our own. You need to get God's mind on this because people are misleading you. You understand God started out knowing he was only going to get a remnant. He didn't start out saying, I'm going to get everybody. So all of this stuff that they're telling you is okay, well, yes, it would be okay for them. They already got their ticket punch for hell. They just want to make sure that they bring a following. Preachers who tell you that none of this here is going to happen, I'm telling you, they, they, come, they made a, a covenant with Satan and have been mandated to bring a following because Satan does not want to be in hell with no subjects. And he's going to hell. As a matter of fact, he's been there, he gets let out on work release, and then we send him back once he does what he has to do. So you, this here says those who do these things, your little boyfriend is keep it, it literally marking you for hell. Your little girlfriend, hallelujah, your little lesbian lover, your little gay lover, all of that stuff. Why, why, why? Is it because God doesn't, is he offended? No, because it stinks to him. All of these things bring an odor. He said, it's a stench in my nostrils. You think you, you don't want your poop sitting on your plate. You don't want your waist sitting on your plate. You don't want to go and take a shower and wash yourself in your waist. You don't want to go in their house and have, come on, dirty diapers. Half of you won't get mad because the dirty diapers are put where they ought to be. But because you think God is just a person, a single lone ranger, you have no idea why he's doing this. You never ask God what's his problem with adultery. You didn't ask because you took it having fun with it. I'm talking to the people who are not on this year. You never asked him. You never asked God what's wrong with your lesbian marriage. You never asked God what you're gay, what's the problem is with you gay. You just went on and said, well, we're Christian and Christ got to take it. You can't force him to take it. He didn't make it. He doesn't have to take it. God already has a place for you. He's already sent people to hell for that. He sent devils to hell for that. How do you think you're escaping? It has nothing to do with love. I promise you, God, God's going to lovingly send you to hell. You know, God's the person that said, okay, so we're going um, to we're going to send a storm, and then that's going to be gone, and we'll be done with that, and then we're going to want it. And then after that, we're going to send all of these angels who are going to be rescuers. We're going to send all these people. going to clean it up. But this is going to happen. The man's voice doesn't modulate. He talks, as a matter of fact, about that as he says, well, you know, I'm getting ready to send you a boatload of blessings. Same, almost same tone. I said, I would like it if you just get a little, you know, heightened, low tone. You have it because you're listening to devils, seducing spirits, who not listen, seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, and command, commandments of men, human command. You're asking your pastor who has never, ever, ever been to heaven or hell, and you're trusting their opinion of it. You've never seen, because you know, you got proof. Can we just talk, just, I just want to go to this level. We have the CDC, the Journal of Public Health, we have JAMA, we have the NIH, we have the World Health Organization, and all of them are carrying data and statistics that prove that we don't want this in our society. 
the records are the criminal records are there. We have you you all are asking God to forgive you for doing something that you don't want in your society. So you're so busy forgiving yourself, you haven't realized that God can't forgive you, which means he cannot give you a pass on that. Forgiveness is giving somebody a pass. God can't give you a pass on that which he knows still kills and destroys because he doesn't exist for that. So you can believe all of this stuff, and I know, yeah, I, well, I'm sorry, I don't have, you talking to people who just tell you their opinion. They, I'm telling you, they tell you their opinion, or they get these little slappy time conversions of the Bible that don't connect with anything but their love and their immaturity and their lack of knowledge. You better make sure, it's your soul, you better make sure it can travel up and that it's not being laden down with sins that cause it to drop because you think your soul is a mythical entity. But Jesus says through Peter, you must believe to the saving of the soul. Jesus keeps telling you, I don't care that you got saved 40 years ago. If you're not saved when I come for you, I don't care about your 40 years of salvation. I don't care about your 20 years. I don't care about the people you fed. Well, he said that. He said, I don't care about the people you fed. I don't care about the food that you sent. I don't care about the good deeds you did. I will thank you for all of that, and I still have to tell you, but the state of your soul, the condition of your being, disqualifies for my realm. And you're disqualified because the cleansing was supposed to be on this side, not the other side. Are, are you all getting this? See, the Bible says that Jesus has made us meet or qualified. When you, I mean, we all know what it is. Try to go to school without being qualified. Try to go to work without being qualified. You can't vote without being qualified. Qualif- being f- qualified is a big deal. And all of these things that we call the works of the flesh are eternal life disqualifiers. They, God is telling you, what will disqualify you for my world? This is not about judgments and hurting your feelings, none of that. First of all, God could care less. I'm telling you, he could care less. This man went through with that devil. He went through with that devil in his world, and he went through with that devil in this world, and he said, I'm not going through with this devil again. That's powerful stuff, isn't it? See, because in your mind, it's, it, these are moral judgments. Trust me, these, earth is gone. The moral judgments that you have in a fit about earth is gone. The Bible says that the new heaven and the new earth are already done. They're made because God rested from his works on the seventh day. So when he made this, this particular generation, he already had the genesis of the one to take forever, which is his own, already made. It's waiting in the wings. God has got it stored somewhere. So that, that's the first thing. So the new earth is going to kill you anyhow. The new heaven is going to take you out. Because it's pure with no sin, and the agencies of sin and the elements of sin are not in it. These are perfect things. It's kind of like the the, 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 the drug addict who goes and takes this perfect dose of his or her favorite drug. That perfect dose, uncut, are you kidding? That's how the new heaven and new earth are going to deal with all of the unrighteous. 
It's just going to start killing because it, its job is to get rid of anything that deteriorates it. See, you want, we don't want to think about the technology of how God does it. We don't want to think about the pathways. We don't want to know about any of those things. We just want to know that God ought not to tell me that I can't do what's in my heart because your heart is deceived. Your heart is telling you a lie and, and glossing it over with the, as the truth. God can't do poor little Uzzah trying to help the little ark, the man-made ark, hallelujah, man-made ark, hey, trying to keep the ark of God from falling. Now, he had already handled that ark and everything. And what happens, he reaches out to keep it from stumbling, and the righteousness of God is like, get off me. Don't touch me. And the man dies. See, you never thought of a person saying, get off me and don't touch me. Don't touch me. You're not holy. Don't touch me. I'm holy. Don't touch me. You're not sanctified to touch me. You never thought of that, did you? No, it's just, oh, poor little, poor little other mess. And he's trying to keep God from falling on the ground, and God is saying, don't touch me. And he still means it. When he rose from the dead, what did he say to Mary? Touch me not. Same God. He said, I got to go with sin. You cannot touch me in my purest form yet. So you can, you can listen to your preacher to say that God is love. I want you to understand, when, you, we, when we did the, the count, count how many times God is love in there and count about God's holiness, righteousness, and truth, and collectively, God is love because God loves God first. See, we think that, you know, well, I just love my people so much that I would die for them. First of all, I would love to see if a lot of people pass that on. Do you know the dumbest one? Here's another one. You know, I like to hit these stupid ones, you know, because they're stupid. And they sound so nice to the mostly weak and perverted. And it's like, you know, and I watch this, well, I believe in free speech enough to die for it. No, you don't. I promise you, you don't. And I will die for their right to say what? No, you don't because there are things we can't say. I can't say bomb in an airport. That's free speech. Why is that speech not free? I can't say I'm going to shoot everybody in an airport. Why is that not free? There are a lot of things that you can't see, but those little stupid um, script writers, they bank on your own naivety. You are not going to die for somebody to say something that is against the law, but it's a nice little piece of script. I hope they take that out of auto-text. You know, they have the little machine that, you know, auto-text. That's the, dumb. and they've been saying this for the 70. No, you're not. You don't even want to die for somebody to tell the truth. That's why everybody lies. But see, you listen to that because those are meant to be inseminators that, that weaken your will for righteousness. There is, there, uh, words have power. And the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. So the words everybody else speak unto you, well, that's a whole other thing. They're devils and death. Doctrines. We have whole constitutions talking about free speech and you don't mean it. They don't mean free speech. What they mean is Christ-free speech. Hmm. What they mean is Christian free speech. They don't mean free speech, that you can just say what you feel. They don't mean that. Trust me, they don't. What this is about is destroying institutions, destroying the pillars of life, the pillars of society, and also causing people to, to feel sorry for rebels. So I just got so much sympathy for this poor little guy who just tearing up the flag. No, I don't. No, I don't, because when people, because you said your flag represents your nation, and anybody who's going to burn a flag is going to join in burning your nation. Trust me, 
because they believe that that nation should not exist. You're going to burn a flag and then go get a paycheck from the government. See, you don't really believe. This is the kind of crazy that we don't talk about. But I'm telling you, the works of the Galatians are Galatians. Trust me, Galatians, and I'm going to hold it up, going over, over the prophet, actually. But this here, the other thing that I think is so powerful, because I have so much fun, okay? And so you have to understand how we are, how we do other things in our how people come in. I like Galatians 1, but from Galatians 1, which tells, talks about, um, and 1 and 2 talk about being bewitched and how other people, it says, verse 4, 2, 4, and that because of false brethren unaware brought in who came in private, privately or secretly to spy our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they may bring us into bondage. You know, when we talked about the, um, you know, those co- collaborations, you know, Secular and Christian artist collaboration. Here's a real answer. They came in, spied out our liberty that we have in Jesus Christ, so that they can bring us into bondage. But what do you brought in bondage to? Other gods. And Paul asked his people, "Who has bewitched you? Who has bewitched you? Witchcraft is always going to go this direction." And so we did a, you know, in the past, Christians did a lot of teaching over witchcraft. You come on over, prophet. Um, did a lot of teaching. Uh, about witchcraft, and they taught about, like they teach everything, about us and our little world. You have no idea what that's all about. You have no idea. If you had an idea, it would be a lot more than manipulation and something else and whatever they say. Y'all, somebody put it up on the screen because y'all are control. control. Usually. Well, when they talk about Jezebel. Yes. Well, and then they kind of nail witchcraft down to that Jezebel A, Jezebel B. But I just want to tell you this. This thing is bigger and it's going to take smarter people and stronger people and more educated and enlightened people to discern it and to know what to do about it. What did he say? He said, brethren. He didn't even say unsaved. He said, brethren, those preachers that are doing this, you know, we did the, who was the girl with the, um, Tasha Cobb and Nicki Minaj? Uh uh-uh. uh, Tasha is the brethren that brought the unclean into the kingdom. See, that, that, that's safe. That's her right there, and we can name them all. You know, what's in my paper over there, girl? Mm-hmm. Yes, I got paper. You know, I always have paper, guys. Oh, oh they want me to slam something. Okay. <laughs> Do you want two more? Because you know, I cheated you today. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. There you go. She used uh, Romans 14.1. You were right, it was the Message Bible. I didn't even so realize version, it. It just sounded like it's not really a Bible. And we don't know what message or whose message. We don't know. We know it's not God. We know it's not God. But he, and we read, we read that yesterday and said, but when you read that Romans 14, 1 in the Message Bible, and you go and read it in an authorized version, okay, and you realize that it says, if a weaker brother, so if they're weak, why are they making public policy? Why are they making ministry policy? Why are they making kingdom policy? If you're weak, you're too young. You're too weak. You're sick. You're not educated. So we're letting people who are weak, who are immature in Christ, who are uneducated in Scripture, decide how public policy should go. Problem is, as I said in, this, in my recording, taping, yes. the Bible wasn't sent to pastors. Pastors received the scriptures. It was delivered to pastors. 
As I said before, and I'll say it again, it really rocks everybody's world, but it's true. Church is out of order because the order of God is first, first apostle, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. That's the institutional order. Okay, the ministerial or operational order, if you will, administrative order, is if first, first apostles, what is it saying? He's given some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, pastors. Pastors are four, and they're only mentioned once in the New Testament. And yet the, that one officer that is a home officer, that's the homebody. You stay home with your church. All about congregation. Okay, that one officer is making policy for the eternal kingdom of Christ when that officer didn't exist when the Holy Ghost fell and when the first church started populating the world with new creation saints. You understand, that is out of order, but that's why they can't see the problem with it. They can't see the problem with it because they were not in Jesus' training classes. They don't have the spirit of those or the mantle of those or the construction of those who were in Jesus' training classes. They were not there. We act as if the church existed before um, Pentecost. It did not. Jesus did three and a half years training apostles, and those apostles wrote down what he taught them based on what he lived, based on what he experienced, what he wanted, based on his reasons for coming into the planet. They wrote it down. A pastoral mind cannot conceive of that. They don't know. The reason apostles are stronger and more decisive is because they operate from Jesus' royal realm, his sovereign realm, and they understand his problems. That's why these people that we're calling apostles are apostolic. They're not office occupants. Because they don't understand the issues the office exists to address. So they free everybody. Oh, God doesn't care. And they make fun. They free sin. They literally, they are sin liberators. And they do that because they are apostolic. Because they, they, they may be one day called to be an apostle, but they've decided not to guard the office. They decided not to discharge the office. They decided not to, to uh, release the office to do what it exists to do. And they've upstaged the office with their congregations. Mm. See, that's Bible. And, 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 and no real agent of any agency would do away with the manual, would do away with the, with the protocols, would do away with the operations and procedures. And pro- no real agent of any entity would do that. That's why you know you haven't been touched by real apostles. Because we wouldn't have lost the world. And we wouldn't have freed sin to run rampant in this man's church and in his body. I mean, when I look at this kind of stuff and I'm thinking, you don't know God. I don't care what she says, and I will tell her we can sit down face-to-face, tit-for-tat, and I'm going to tell you, you don't know Jesus because you, you were raised by church and not by the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God would have told you his problems with that, and you don't care. This is all about the people. We, 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 we shouldn't jump all over them, and we should indulge them, and we should understand. These people, you can tell, I'm telling you, officers, real officers, are not going to tell you about the people. Just like the police officer is not going to go around talking about how the residents have a problem with him uh, stopping you at that stop time. <laughs> He's not. Real office, I'm telling you, that's the breakdown. That's the ministerial breach right there. That is the rub. We have people who are operating their gifts and their talents and their potential in a particular vein, independent of why the gifts and talents and that vein exist. 
So we're all co- so when they wait, I'm like, you can't tell me. I'm, should they collaborate? I don't know that they say. I'm telling you, I don't know that they say. I do know that Tasha has apostatized. I do know that who is this other people? I got some more people here. Well, this one is addressing Lecrae. Uh huh. Lecrae, these are apostates. Oh, you know this is a list of one people uh-huh. who have. His, uh, let's read this nine gospel mainstream collaborations. LL Cool J, Buddha Islam with Mary Mary. See, this is a God thing. This is a nothing to do with any of that. So these people have, they have literally raked all of God's money in that they could get, mm-hmm. and now they decide that they want a bigger pot of gold. LL Cool J, and who is this? Eternal uh, Feet of uh, Foot or something? Eternal Featuring. Eternal Feature. Okay, Eternal Featuring B.B. Wayne. Thank you for doing that. Jay Man, <laughs> Jay Moss, Faith Evans, um, Molly Music, and Molly Music, and ASAP Ferg. I guess it's ASAP. You need to know because these people have left your God and you are, buying, you are paying them for doing so. Tim Burrell and Whitney Houston. Um, what is it? Lecrae and B.O.B. All right. What is that? Governor? Governor B. and Keisha Buchanan, his love. And Kirk Franklin, Mary J. Blige, Bono R. Kelly, the family, Crystal Lewis. Okay. Mary and David Banner. Now, these are some of the people that are telling us that God has sent them back into his enemy's camp. These people are telling us that Jesus Christ came to the earth to do all of this only to have it unravel with Christian music artists. So I'm going to end the subject on this. We talked yesterday at the studio. It was fun. One of the things I'm going to say, if you work for Coke, can you go and promote Pepsi? It is up to the head of Coke and Pepsi to decide to collaborate. The head decides. The people don't. You go to a job every day. You can't do this in your own company, your own job. If they they have what you said, they have non-compete clauses, non-disclosure, all right, and they have fidelity clauses and all of those kinds of things, and they can sue you for doing what these people are doing to Jesus Christ. They can literally take you to court because you violated a non-complete cause or you violated non-disclosure or you reveal company secrets. They can take you to court. I ask Jesus to take them to court to defend themselves. I'm issuing that edict. Give me my sanction. In Jesus' name, take them to court, God. Take them to court. Whatever it means. I don't care what it takes. I'm asking him now. I'm going to hit something. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> we ought to stop crying. We don't have to sit and debate this. Let heaven debate it. Let heaven adjudicate it. Let heaven make the decision. It is Jesus' throne. These are his people. It's his kingdom. We don't have to fight about this. I can't do it in my flesh. But I do know that there's a man named Jesus Christ, who rose from the dead, whom they say they're representing. Let Jesus Christ himself adjudicate this. Let him resolve it. So intercessors, let's all pray for Jesus to get involved. It's his name. It is his kingdom. It is his righteousness. It's his truth. Those are his pulpit. So if they so believe this, then let them walk through the judgment of the Almighty on it. Let me say again. Done. That's how I feel. How was that again? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't quite get that. Didn't get it? No. <laughs> well, this yeah. one article does a really good job of. He did a great job. Whoever this was. Of uh, these two. Because this one actually takes things apart quite well. I love it. And, and who wrote this? this? So that they can see, read that article. Uh, Radiant Culture. Okay. It's an entertainment news and features. 
Oh. This is written in September of last year, so it's fairly new. So go back. Radiant Culture. Is it? A, is that the website? That, that's just it's it. a magazine? She, uh, Adia says she thinks, just key it in. Read the article yourself so that you can see that not everybody is buying into this. I'm asking God to cause the saints to wake up and stop paying people to turn on Jesus. Because, see, you all are financing their defection from God's righteousness and truth. You are paying for it. They ought not to make it. And the, pe- and, and the, the collaborators, the unsaved people, that they're gonna need to lose money on it. They need to say, I'm losing money. Sometimes you just got to decree a thing. You know, the Bible said, you, uh, you will decree a thing, and it will be established. And see, we're not decreeing, because see, y'all are good evangelists. I'm not an evangelical Christian, so I don't have to wish them well. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I am I'm an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am supposed to judge. I am supposed to keep the kingdom. I'm supposed to let you know good from evil. I'm supposed to let you know Christ from Satan. I'm supposed to let you know truth from a lie. That is my job. I am called to do that. These people were called, and they decided to work for another God instead. See, we have to stop calling this religious issues. These are God issues. Ah. Come on, talk, shut up. Hey, you know, I'll oh, come on, man. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, wait. You want to keep talking about this or go where back you, to what where you, you go where you want. I'm free. Well, I think this article, this one, is really good, too, because it continues to break down the difference. Well, maybe it's in this one of these two. The difference between fellowshipping, having lunch with mm-hmm. somebody who is not a Christian or whatever, and putting them in your seat. Of and your place of authority in worship, mm-hmm. that being Jesus' issue. Sure, okay. He may have had lunch with the tax collectors and the unsavory folks, and one of these articles said, but he never invited them to minister. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. They did not uh, disciple his disciples. They did not speak into their lives. He didn't put them in the class. He didn't put them in the class. He didn't bring them in the class. No, he never elevated them to open up his platform to infect those who follow him. His people. He never did. And he talked about uh, this one pulled out the issue of knowing people by their fruits. Yeah. And in the issue, uh, maybe it was the one dealing with Nicki Minaj and uh, Tasha Cobb, and how they said, but Nicki, everything is full of nudity, vulgarity, cursing, uh, everything. All the to the flesh. All the things that disqualify you for heaven and God. The salvation is not apparent on any level. Mm Mm-mm. And who's the one that gave Allah a blessing while he was singing? This is the one. Where he decided to go and give Allah praise. Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Because it was, uh, let me see, further, um, it says, for example, Karen Clark Shears fans were 100%, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, here for Jay-Z sampling the Clark sisters on his recent album, never mind the song on which the sample appears, is filled with profanity, and Jay-Z utters a quick praise to Allah. The fans don't mind it because, according to them, Jay-Z sampling Twinkie in them is a relevant way to spread the gospel. But but if, if only the gospel was being spread. How about the fact that these people don't know the gospel? Like, I have to ask him, so what are you calling the gospel? Oh, and it says, and I believe this same logic will lead professed believers to readily embrace Tasha's collaboration with Nikki. Mm-hmm. I'm cursing this thing for the root. I sit in my seat as the chief apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ in 2018, and I curse this thing, and I separate the devil maneuvering it from these people. I remand that spirit to the pit of hell, and yeah, in Jesus' name, I break these collaborations because somebody got to stand up for our God. We got to stand up for the truth of our Jesus Christ. Somebody, we don't have to let everybody treat him like trash. Come on. Don't treat our God like he's trash. Jesus, this man gave his life for this thing. 2,000 plus years of 
success, make Christianity a world power, and you're going to give it back to Satan. The devil is a liar. That shall not be. I speak it by the Holy Ghost. That shall not be. Now, you watch this thing crumble. Watch my words. And I'll sit in my seat of authority. We're going to play around with seats of authority. Let me sit in mine. I promise you, and I don't care who agrees or disagrees, I represent Jesus Christ. They represent their flesh. They represent their pockets. They represent fame, and they represent their money. Prospect, uh, that's all they're talking about. I represent, so tell me how that, how Nicki Minaj is going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ when he's not on the inside of it. How is Jay-Z going to spread the gospel if Jesus Christ is not on the inside of him? How is the Snoopy person? Snoop Dogg. Oh, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I, I couldn't get the name right. You know? Happy birthday yesterday. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. Please forgive me. Yes, that works, though. The Snoopy person. <laughs> the Snoopy person. I couldn't get it right. But how is he going to preach a gospel that he hates? His, and you're going to talk about well, my mother. Your mother don't know Jesus. If she produced you and told you that was Christ, well, then your mother not saved. Right. We need to stop telling people and accepting that they're saved because they say so. Nobody takes your word for it that you're a cop because you say so. Uh, no, that's why you have to have credentials. I'm telling you, you can't even walk down the street and say, I'm going to give somebody some medicine because I'm an EMT. they got to, like, prove that. Credentials. Credentials. Qualifications and criteria. And as surely as the Lord Jesus Christ is a witness of this show today, this 21st century church is going to come under credentials, qualifications, and criteria. The ministers come out today, God's going to bless them for honoring him and keeping his kingdom intact instead of disseminating it and, 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 and dis, uh, dis, disassembling it and causing sinners to think that they can come in and take his stuff. No, I represent Jesus. And if you represent the Lord Jesus Christ who became flesh, who died on the cross, who rose from the dead, who sent the, uh, the Holy Ghost back in Pentecost, I need you to write that, write it down, post it. I represent the true and living Jesus Christ. Anybody can talk about God, but it's Jesus Christ that messes with people. Satan yes. can't deal with Jesus. Yes. It bothers him to face off with Jesus. And I'm telling you, in this era, he's going to face off. We're going to know the true church of Jesus Christ, and we're going to know the people who love him, and we're going to tag the people who hate him. And we're going to say, but you are a Christ hater. Get out of his pulpit. Get off of his service. Get out of his service. You hate Jesus Christ. These people are doing this because they hate him. I'm telling you they hate him. I'm telling you. And God's going to prove it. Watch me. Watch the news. Watch the articles because God's going to prove that they hate him. Because why else? You wouldn't do that to your own children. You, you know somebody's a criminal. You know somebody's a pedophile. You know somebody's a thief. You don't put your children under them. You don't bring them in over your kids. Because these people are not serving Jesus Christ. You know, I got heated up again. I thought I was calm. I'm not calm. No. I like being an apostle. <laughs> I do. I like it. And, I, and I'm not one of those apostles that say, well, you know, who can say? I can say. Words mean what they say. The Bible said out of the abundance of their heart, a person speaks. Yeah. And, and by, by what these people are saying, what is not abundant in their heart is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's how we, we are supposed to guard the word of God. Yes. We're supposed to guard the kingdom of God. But more importantly, we're supposed to guard our king and his possessions. And that's not happening. 
No. I like this person. Whoever wrote this article, yeah. I bless them, and I bless them real good. Yeah. Well, they already said they came under immense attack writing about Lecrae. So there's the out there. Well, they were like, I'm like, since I'm out there, you know, but the attack gives you a chance to say more. Mm-hmm. So you just keep saying. Because it's, it's the truth. And a lot of these so-called Christian artists are people who could not get out of church mm-hmm. but really wanted to be in the world. Label mm-hmm. And wow. bring them in. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. What's really important to this conversation is that we we cannot just assume that we are all talking about the same kind of Christianity when we're using the label. Mm-hmm. We use the label Christian so loosely. I mean, people say I'm a Christian. We don't question it. We don't, you know what I mean? We don't, mm-hmm. we don't ask, what, what kind of Christian are you? You know what I mean? <laughs> what was your Christian experience? You know, I think that we're, we, we're coming into a time um, where we really do have to reevaluate that because people... I mean, brand of Christianity. Absolutely. People's version of Christianity, people's brand. I mean, you have people who are literally Christians and have not had a salvation experience or are saying they're Mm -hmm. Christians, have no salvation experience, um, no transformation, nothing, no evidence of Mm -hmm. the fruits of salvation, and we're not asking for evidence. And that is an issue. So I think that, you know, when we're coming, we're having to face off with these types of issues. My first thought that comes to mind is I'm not sure I'm facing off with another Christian Christian at all. I know that that's what they're saying, but I'm I'm not seeing the evidence that that's exactly what I'm facing off with. Um, And that that is a hard truth to swallow. We don't have enough ministers who are standing up for true Christianity, authentic Christianity, mm-hmm. and are making people toe that line. So now you have this myriad, this whole movement of people who are using the label, label Christian. Christian. And we have to understand that. We have to recognize that mm-hmm. not everybody who's saying, I'm a Christian artist, I'm a Christian worship leader, I have a, I'm a Christian pastor. We don't even know that that's really <laughs> the truth. Sometimes right. we have Buddhistic pastors, you know, humanistic mm-hmm. pastors. We have all kinds of things. Pastors. And people are literally using the and label of Christianity. Absolutely. Half of me is a Christian. The other half of me is a Buddhist. How are they getting along? Because as far as I know, they don't get along now. <laughs> so I need to know how they're getting along inside you. Yeah. You know, man can't serve two masters. You know, but Jesus, that's a good point to do. And, and I want to just read this because we don't read this stuff any longer. The way Satan gets away with this is he pulls people out of the Bible. Yeah. Yes. So then God has to make a, raise up Bible literate people who get his back. Yes. Okay? Because the Lord Jesus, you know, I like saying he's my honey. Jesus is a sugar. You know he's my honey. I'm going to Matthew. Matthew 7. Because God, Jesus himself tells you what he takes. And because you don't read the Bible, you just assume. And then because no, and then, and wait a minute, but how about the nine Christians get mad at you and tell you, you can't tell me? I'm telling you, right. I'm an expert in this. Well, because we don't, because we are physically illiterate, mm-hmm. we don't know. The Bible actually tells you how you can determine who is saved and who is not. That's so true. Absolutely. They don't know where you can so prove it. We, we pull the don't judge me lever. Which you also did a show on that we'll be broadcasting. I know. Not this weekend, but soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> we pull that lever as a reflex. That is the response. Don't mm-hmm. judge me. Well, don't judge me. If it's something I don't like, don't judge me. Something I don't agree with, well, don't judge me. You're just being judgmental. Mm-hmm. Never knowing or caring, especially in the Bible. Yeah, but I'm being inspectional. I'm inspecting your Christianity because apostles are supposed mm-hmm. to inspect yeah. those who enter the body of Christ. So I'm inspecting it. Because when Paul got saved, he had to go to yes. the apostles yes, for his salvation to be authentic. <laughs> oh, well, I get with my club. I don't even have it. Well, I don't know. Come on, I got it. Come on. Hey. Hey. 
The apostles had to inspect everybody's salvation. That is why God raises up apostles, because eventually imposters, false, whatever, will infiltrate the church and will invade its worship and inseminate itself in its rituals and in its, its, its um, um, what do you call it, its consecrations, etc. Apostles are supposed to inspect your salvation according to the word of God, not according to the popular trend, the prevailing denomination. They're supposed to inspect so that they can protect the existing sheep that are believing God through them from imposters, from infection. And apostles are also supposed to tell you when so-and-so has left the faith. Demons has left us having loved this present evil world. Let me tell you something. I read this stuff. So you, uh, so you can't tell me. I can't tell you if you say it. Now, I can tell you right now, if you might have a little germ of Christ, that might be nice. Some of us got the germ. You didn't even get the seed. The germ is still germinating. You know the seed not waiting for the seed to come out of it. But look at this. Matthew seven thirteen. Now, here's where we go. Everybody likes this one. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. The first thing we need to remember is that the golden rule is supposed to be validated and authenticated by, apostles, by prophets. Prophets gave us the golden rule. Jesus said prophets. Hallelujah. So that's the first thing. Secondly, because straight is the gate and narrow, I'm sorry, enter ye in at the straight gate for straight, which is narrow, and for the wide gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Now, I like that, because Jesus said big numbers could be the wide gate of destruction. We say big numbers means that you are at the top, that they approve you and they validate you, okay, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life. Ask a baby trying to come through the birth canal. If we don't cut them out, we only have that. And he's doing it. He said to life, and few there'll be that find it. Jesus is not expecting masses of people to say, gee. And when I say masses, I mean masses proportionately speaking. I think the Christian church is huge. It's getting ready to get huger. We're getting ready to get an explosive download from the Holy Spirit, an explosion, an explosion from God that's going to cause our numbers to go through the roof and cause the authentication and, and validation of us to increase. But nonetheless, comparatively speaking of all of the folk born into the world, mm-hmm. this is what he's talking about. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Sheep's clothing, shepherds. Oh, interesting. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. So these collaborations are, are literally poisoning God's people with evil fruit. <laughs> That's what they're doing. And a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So your, your Jay-Z's, your Minaj's, your, your Kanye's, and all of those other folks, they cannot ever give you the fruit of life. So you're following them means you're, eat, you're eating from the same tree Eve ate from. Mm-hmm. You're doing exactly the same thing now in massive numbers. The knowledge of good and evil, the mortality of Satan, the judgment of mortality that God put on him. So, 
I love it. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn and, and cast down into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone. Now, here's Jesus. Jesus is telling you, I'm not deluded. I like Jesus. Right. I'm not deluded. I love, let me put a little circle on here. I love this man. I got to tell you, my sugar man. I love him. Good God. Great God. Jesus said, I'm not deluded. So I let everybody hear what I got to say. I don't care how many of you are deluded in the faith. I don't care how many of you are deluded in the world. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who started all this, he said, but I'm not deluded, nor am I confused. Right. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in that name have done many wonderful works, even made some nice songs. And then I will, because I'm not confused, then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I say this because. We are also, you're so busy listening to what your pastors say, your preachers say, and they, they're extracting, leaping over phrases, skipping over other ones, and just completely editing others and, and re, you know, redacting what the Lord says. But I'm telling you, this is not our party. This is not our venture. This is not our enterprise. This enterprise belonged to the Son of God who got up off the throne of glory and became flesh to bring us back into God's eternal life. Now, that's how this works. And, and, and so I teach the way I do because I want them to think logically. We need to stop thinking devotionally. We need to stop thinking redemptively only. Well, there has to be something redemptive. You are the Savior. How are you going to redeem something? You can redeem yourself. We have to start. See, all of this logic and all of this rhetoric has been popular for so long. So did you want to go back to something since you let me read this? Jesus said, I'm not confused. Huh? Well, this ties in quite well with your statement on free will. You like in the beginning, you talked about free will when you said it's just one instantaneous moment, but consequences are a lifetime. And this is, I think, a great example of free will in action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Making that one decision to do something for that one moment, and now going to see the effects play out. <laughs> Yes. Next. Anything else? Well, you breaking down God's issues are always of the God. Yeah. And what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Step by step, piece by piece. Um, it's a shame that we have anointed the word of God with obsolescence. Mm-hmm. So anytime you'll hear a preacher pull out scripture, the contemporary, as in this, you know, newer for sure generation on the planet Mm -hmm. is going to automatically put up the outdated, irrelevant, whatever, because so much of what is said about it is that. Mm -hmm. And they're listening to other people. Like you said, they're listening to other comments. They're listening to other, all these secular artists, non-Christians, influencing. So when someone like you breaks this down piece by piece to always prove God was always ahead and still very relevant, these issues have not changed. We still have idolatry, mm-hmm. sexual immorality, mm-hmm. adultery. We know there are shows. What's the show called? Mistresses. I mean, we have shows titled <laughs> for adultery. What's these things that God? No really scandal. Has? My one is scandal. How to get away with murder? I said, God, if you be God in heaven, kill them. 
Somebody got to start saying using our authority. If you be God in heaven and he is. <clears throat> can, we have, can we talk to the Christians who all endorse it? That's my point. But because they're not Christians. Well, there's that. They're not. Uh, we need to separate. Real Christians are disgusted by that. That's true. Real Christians are like, oh, no, I ain't doing that. That's a devil in every kind of way. Real Christians don't watch that stuff. They can't because the spirit of God in them is aggravating them. He's like this. Mm-hmm. And then he makes you sick. And then he, he starts letting you feel his sickness. And you start getting all queasy and want to vomit. Mm-hmm. So real Christians are not paying for that. Now, marginal Christians may be curbside saints. We could have a few drive-through saints. We got a couple of drive-through, drive-in saints. Come and drive-by saints. Yeah, across the street saints. We have those telescopic saints, you know. I will watch uh, tele from afar. So let's not confuse that. Not, real saints cannot watch that kind of stuff. I promise you, if they had a real salvation, some of you all out there had a real salvation, and you can't go back to anything that you used to do. It's not now they saying they're Christian because they go to church. They say they're Christian because they're not serving any other spirit. But the truth be told, real Christians, I told you, churchians, a lot of these people, all millennials, they're half of them are not saved because they've been church and the church affirmed their reenactment mm-hmm. of Christianity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say one more and I wanna to talk to you, Prophet Dia. When you said we don't ask God his problems with sin. No, we never do. That's a powerful statement. It, it brings one God back into personhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> into personhood, and it's like, oh, he has a problem mm-hmm. with sin. It's, yeah. it's an issue. Yeah. And not parents being strict. You know, the church people are just so strict. God is just so strict. All this is so strict. What is the problem with these things? Yeah. Well, and I like it. But that's a good question. Even with parents. You know, parents who, you know, when people tell you you're strict, ask them, do they know the difference between strict and protective? How about that? Strict and preventative. You know, because sometimes we need to understand that people are not strict because our feelings are hurt. My feelings are not hurt that you're doing stuff. I promise you, it doesn't bother me one way or the other. But it bothers my God, and I work for him. And, it, and and you putting yourself at risk bothers God. You putting back and sin backs God into a corner, and he's got to let you die. And he's got to let you suffer. And nobody tells you that. Sin backs him up. So then when you start praying about walking all night with your baby with a cold, when you just got out of bed with somebody, or you just got through committing some sort of thing, that vice that God can't do, and now you want God to come to your rescue. See, you understand that God is a reciprocal God. He wants to take care of us. His feelings are not hurt. Sin is not a matter of you and God disagreeing on your behavior. Very good. And that's how we've been teaching you. You and God just disagree on your behavior. You and God just disagree on your your choices. So now you just say, well, me and God disagree to disagree. You have to understand he's the almighty. He has, God, God is, sin is not just a disagreement. Sin is a creation or an insemination of something. A, 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 literally, a generation of something that you can't see the results of, and yet God has to watch it grow and take over your life. Whew. That's why sin is a transgression of the Lord. You change aggression, moving, advancement, training it. So you change your path of advancement in life from God's purposes and God's design. That's what Adam did to what will destroy you. Sin is not, to write it down, sin is not a matter of you and God disagreeing. <laughs> You are, because you're not equal enough with him to agree with him. No. 
and that's how you treat it. Well, this is just my choice. It's my free will. And then you want to sit there and talk about your free will like God has none. You realize God has a will, and you have exercised your free will, and then you don't, this is not a one-sided game. Okay, well, I'm just going to hit, this is my squash. Just hit him to the ball. No, there's a person on the other side of that hit, and he's got to hit back, and he's going to hit that ball back, and we don't like that. You see, then all of a sudden, you're a child, you're a child of God, you're one of his children, right. you're his baby. Why? Because now the consequences are kicking in. And God is like, but didn't you choose this? What do you say? And they chose new gods, Deuteronomy 13, new gods that your fathers did not know, new arrival. <clears throat> We're going to talk about, I'm going to keep this, because apostles are supposed to talk about, apostleship is about what? God's and so I'm always going to talk about God and nations and the nationality of Jesus Christ according to the nationality of Satan. And probably <laughs> yeah. we even do it to you in person, don't we? Um, oh, we talked about today the the state of the soul and how, which I, I know that a lot of minds were blown on that. There was a recent thing that was going around Facebook about how the Bible says nothing about um, your your salvation being in jeopardy, that essentially that, 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 all, that whole thing was erroneous. I don't really fool with that kind of stuff because I figure that, you know, if ignorance is switched to you, then you can just kind of stay there. But, that's so true. Um, but I think that, um, that, that that's an important conversation to have, the, the state and the condition of your soul and whether or not you are going to keep your soul, whether mm-hmm. you're going to be a keeper of the soul. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, that is, that's crucial to right now. What you're dealing with, what you're addressing today, this is, I believe, one of the mainstream problems in, in I guess, in general Christianity today. Mm-hmm. We have soul sicknesses. We don't know the condition of our soul. We don't know how much we have transgressed against God in the soul and how much it has to be dealt with um, and how far we have veered from the line. Mm-hmm. You know, when you meet someone like yourself who has literally been a woman of the word of God for as long as I've known you, mm-hmm. um, for, from the moment that you were saved, have been literally bonded to the word, then you see how much we've veered from the word. So mm-hmm. it's as if the word of God is here, mm-hmm. and what standardizes our Christianity, what we measure it by, it's here, but we're here. Mm-hmm. So literally, we're off the measuring line, and we don't know how far we've gone mm-hmm. off. We don't know. You know, so that, that is how you have artists like this mm-hmm. who believe that they are championing, championing something for God, but the line is here and they're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know that they've literally been separated from the olive branch for a long time. Mm-hmm. They're an olive away from the branch. That's true. You know, we are off the vine. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how you address that. I mean, we, oh, we've got to dig into this more. This is why I love taking it on, love what you're doing. We have to talk about this more. We're losing a generation because we're literally, Christianity is over here, but the vine is here. Mm-hmm. And this is the word. So I think that you, you, t- you tap into that today. We don't know this, Dr. No. Price. That's why we don't know. So you know, when, you, when you meet someone of your caliber, you're like, wow, like what, what version of Christianity have I been doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what I need to get Where back. Get it from? And, then, and then it's not just that, but I need to get back. But wait a minute, I need to get back to the right word because maybe my Bible is not even teaching me the things that I need to know. See, that's also a problem. Right. We have to address that yeah, too, right. y'all, because these Bibles that we're using too, mm-hmm. some of the very Bibles we're using are leading us off on these mm-hmm. things. So it's like we have to have that conversation as well. What are we getting back to? Mm-hmm. But we know that we need to get back to a word mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And not church. Anyway, I'm gonna stop. No, I love it. No, I'm <laughs> sorry, but you know we got to have another. We got to have another show just to have that roundtable discussion. Yes. Because we do need to roundtable, and I, I want to do prophetic 
roundtables that are based on what God is really doing and based on, based on God. We're all going to bring the same Bible translation. Yeah. Right. Okay? So when we read in unison, it doesn't sound like tongues. Oh, my goodness. All right? So we are going to have that. Folks, would you like us to have some of those sessions where we just share what we do with out of the camera's eye? We, we, we sit around a table. We eat pizza. We talk about this. We lay it out. But we need to talk about that. Yes. One of the things that God told me was that he said the, the, the break is always in the word. If you, can, if you can literally, if you can break the stronghold of God's word and God's truth, then you can take his people anywhere you want to go. Yes. So we have a plumb line here for the word, and then we have all of these newly dropped plumb lines yes. for churchianity, Christianity, you know, yes. and then, um, you know, fusion Christianity and all of that. And, but Jesus said, and I'm going to tell you, I keep saying it because folks got to get it. Jesus said that there are false Christs. He said he was going to have imposters, false Christs that are going to come in his name. You all have been told that there's only one Christ when Jesus himself said there isn't. He never said that. He just got through telling you when y'all get in front of me, after you wade through all your little false Christ and all your little false Christianity and your false Christian churches, half of you all are lost because you got saved and ended up in the church of a, of a false Christ, mm. and you didn't grow, and you didn't change at all. But you stayed there because you made works your definition. You made works your standard, not the word. Mm. And the word of God as he wrote it, not as so-and-so cherry-picked it. I don't cherry-pick any of them. I like all of the Bible, all the scriptures. I love them, and I've read them. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm on another journey through the Bible because my mind has changed, and, and I've grown up for another level. So we're doing that. But the truth is you, the essence of God's word is change. Yeah. The essence of doc, seducing spirits and doctrines of devil is retrogression, taking you back to before you met Jesus taking you back and fulfilling those hopes and dreams that you had as a little kid under the pew, under church when you had to stay in church and you wanted to go home or out with your friends. So you have to understand how that works. It takes the, that. We've got to know what Bible that God is saying. But I want to t- go one step further. There was no Bible when they started. There were apostles and prophets teaching and handing off their teachings to the ministers that were coming up in their work. There was no Bible other than the, Paul, they had the, uh, what do you call it? Paul had the scrolls. Mm-hmm. Peter in the first 12 didn't have scrolls because they couldn't have had access to that. They had the man, Jesus Christ, sitting down with them every day, sharing his mind from eternity to eternity on the creation that he made, the world that he made, and the governments and institutions that have kept him on top mm-hmm. for eons. That's what they had. So I can sit down, we can talk this, and we can talk Jesus, the author of this. Mm-hmm. Powerful stuff. Wow, well, I don't know. I went crazy today. Did you all go crazy? Where's the big clock that you see? see it's, here? it's the day after shooting day. Yes, I'm, I'm fired up. <laughs> you know, after I've shot and I've done four shows, you know, how are you all doing out there? What are some of the comments y'all want to share? Maybe some of you all want to share some thoughts before we go. I don't know what time. Oh, I have a watch. Oh, wow. oh, well, we, we, we went on. Well, you know, last week I hung on the line. Y'all didn't want to push a button, so I just decided you all probably don't want the call portion of the show any longer. All right. <laughs> Burn it down with the fire, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kill him. Oh! Yes. 
one or two good oh, ones in there. Let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, there's a lot of people saying I represent the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on here. I know that's it. Amen. Here, here she comes. Here she come, world. Somebody said tag them. <laughs> Somebody said say he needs this. Praise you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. My God. Amazing. <laughs>
what we call three-tiered identification. It's going to tell you your your primary five-fold sphere, mm -hmm. and it will tell you two supporting areas. Oh, yeah, and, and will it get into detail? Because sometimes, you know, it like, will, will it tell me, all I want to know is, if I'm a minister, how should my life change? Absolutely. It'll, it will actually, the, the $29 package will tell you your readiness level and what you can handle. It will tell you your proficiency gap and what is needed to actually go to the next level. And it will actually tell you your main uh, character area that is going to just catapult you in your ministerial calling, and it will actually tell you the area that could hinder you. Oh, and that's wow. just for $29. I need that, you know, because, yeah. I mean, I've tried so many things, and I have kept getting tripped up. Yeah. You know? So, but then, but, you know, my sister was with me. And they told her she was an apostle. Okay. Well, actually, the assessment would be great for her as well because it will tell her where she is in that journey to apostleship. It will help to identify her in that journey. And, and I would recommend, you know, if, you, if you're taking the assessment and you know what you're called to, and at least that's been confirmed by someone or they've spoken to you, I would try one of our packages in the middle. I would try our $49 package. Oh, we'll there's you, another one. Yes. So okay. there's more packages. So the packages start at 29 The next package up is 49 and it actually will give you a breakdown. Is that for apostles? It's well, it's for all the fivefold. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then, if, so if, if what somebody told me was wrong, absolutely, can, it will oh, identify okay. that as well, and it will tell you. Okay. Um, it will even it will even tell you if they weren't wrong, but you're not ready yet. It'll tell you. It'll 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 pick that up. It'll say we we recognize there might be a you. call. My but heart you was need pounding when they said that. I, my sister was like, I don't know. She said, I can't breathe. Because she was like, I'm not ready to be an apostle. I don't even know what apostle is. I don't know where to go. And yes. whatever. So she does not have to just go out and do something. Correct. It will okay. tell you. It, and, and that $49 package will give specific recommendations on what she might need to do to get ready. Wow. But you know what, though? We had a friend, and he had a business. And he doesn't even want to do ministry. I mean, he just doesn't want to, but he wants to serve God. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we have many. So package for absolutely. people? Absolutely. And any, any of the packages uh, would service someone who may want to do ministry, but they're not sure that they're called to one of the fivefold areas. It will actually tell you that. It will tell you if you're called to business, leadership. It will tell you if you're called to other areas that are outside of those those five fivefold offices. Even politics and government? Absolutely. Oh, my government, So you mean that I don't have to just be a minister because I grew up in church? Correct. Oh, okay. And the $69 package would actually give them what we call a destiny map, which would tell them 22 categorical areas that are their strengths and weaknesses. So if you do have a person who might be politics or business or leadership, that $69 package would actually give them a full assessment of their strengths in those particular areas. How much of a leader are they? You know, um, mm. what is their character level? What can they handle? What is their integrity? What's their understanding of government and those types of things? That $69 package would give them that. So would it also tell me whether I should be in social services or should I be in medicine or something? I mean, can I find that out? Because sometimes you come up, they lay hands on you. Right. I mean, it happened to me. They lay hands on you, tell you you're not called to the pulpit. I don't know what to do with that information. I really don't. So all I know is church. As far as I'm concerned, God, church, and pulpit all go together. Now you're telling me something different. Well, absolutely, we're, we're letting you know that there is a, a way, obviously, that you can serve in the kingdom of God that doesn't have to fit that cookie-cutter, you know, type of 
concept and idea that you may have always learned. The $89 package, I think, is really great for that because you'll be able to get a training consultation with one of our advisors. And your prophetic advisor that's sitting on the line with you, they can also look into your results, listen to your responses, talk with you, and give you feedback about where you might actually fit. So that $89 package is perfect for that. You're getting 60 minutes mm. with, with that prophetic advisor to not only tackle your results, but also talk about the future and how to start planning for that future and get that prophetic counsel that you need to know where you should head next. So if I, let's just say I, I really like my advisor and I only have 15 minutes, what do I do? You can upgrade, absolutely. So if, you, if you're on your call, let's say you do the $29 package, you can actually schedule the upgraded session after that, sit down with your advisor for a longer time, and really dive in. You can also upgrade and get the next level of your results. So you can, you can actually get so your destiny. Wait a minute, hold on. So you're saying that even if you're giving me two pieces, if I want all 20 pieces, yes. or all, I can get those? Yes. After you take your first Personally? one. Correct. After, you, after you've considered your first one, if you start out with a $29 package, because that's just where you are right now, you can actually upgrade later and get the additional pieces that you missed from the other packages. Oh, I like that. Well, here's my last question. You know, I really like my advisor. She was wonderful. I mean, really wonderful. And then I don't know what to do. I had all of this great information, but I still didn't know what next. Yeah. Do I get some next steps? No, absolutely. Your journey doesn't stop there. It oh, actually is just good, the beginning. Good. Your assessment journey can turn into what we call a mentorship program where you get to talk with your advisor month to month. You can build that out. You can talk to your advisor more than once a month, so you're able to actually build upon that. But it starts with just a basic once-a-month meeting with your prophetic advisor where you can actually talk with them about your life and start building a life plan. It can also lead to training. The assessments are a great door to training. So let's say your assessment says you're actually ready to jump into class classes and training and equipping. Truthfully, I wish I could be trained to be what I'm Absolutely. Well, it's a doorway to Price University. It's a doorway to our five-fold training options and classes and equipping, certifications, licensing, credentialing, and even degrees. So it is a doorway. The assessments are just the beginning of the journey. The journey doesn't stop there. Well, I have to tell you, I am encouraged. I left because when I left church, I thought, okay, God, I'm just lost. I, I, I don't even know what they're saying. Gave me all of these long words and carrying on it. And I thought, well, what do I do with this information? And you're telling me that God created a place yes. for us to take that, that very um, confusing information and bring it into the light of his truth, purpose, and destiny. Absolutely. Oh, I'm excited. With someone there to help you along the way. Along the way. Oh, I am excited. Thank you so much. I'm going to get right online. Thank you for explaining that to me because I was frustrated. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, sometimes they say a picture is worth a thousand words, and now today we say video makes it happen and it clarifies it for you. I want to encourage you to go online after the show today, drpaulaaprice.com, and get started. If, you know, if it's just the 20, if you want to start at 29, you can always work your way up to, to the larger one. As things get better for you and life gets bigger for you, you can always go to the next one. But by all means, go. Get the assessments. We have been doing them for, I don't know, over a decade now. And the hundreds and hundreds of people that we have touched, and, and some of them even migrated over to the university yeah. because they had finished their independent and self-propelled um, study and now ready to go into higher studies. And it's been Wonderful. Again, uh, thank God for you. Now I got. Uh, what do I have here? What time is this? Because you know, I got the watch. I can't read. <laughs> um, twelve minutes. We have twelve minutes. Well, if we have twelve minutes, why don't you all key in questions? All right. I'll answer questions for the next twelve minutes. 
maybe only one or two, but why don't you ask us questions about anything, what we talked about, what you've had on your heart, or what you want to know about your future. Mm. We have to wait for you to type it in. Come on, type it in, guys. Yes, so about this weekend, things have shifted. And so we will let the saints know where Mm -hmm. Dr. Price will be. Um, You will be on the Preach the Word Network in Atlanta on Saturday. Ah, We're just confirming based on some other things that it's going to be earlier in the day or later in the day. So we know that is certainly going to happen. And uh, we have some other things in the works that should be confirmed today as well. Good. So where in the world is Dr. Paul going to be next? All I want to say to the Atlanta people, I'm coming in, I'm going to have fun, but I want some good seafood in Atlanta. I'm a basic person, basic girl. I want some really good seafood because when I get on the East Coast, that's what I am always looking for. Do we have any questions or curiosities? No questions or curiosities yet. Oh, I'm surprised. Oh, interesting. I'm surprised. Well, is there, hey, listen, we can talk more about what we did. You know, we, we just, I know. Now, listen, I know some of you all get upset because you're like, we don't, we, we really, you know, had a question that you want to call in. Understand, we can't have dead air. And, and as you can see, we got a lot to say. I always want to pray for you, always. It is always in my heart. I want to answer your questions. I want to help you get on to the thing God wants. So when we have dead, when we don't have any air, we're going to have to fill it with something. Who I have one. You have one. All right, First Lady Tarver says, as a prophet that deals with the youth, what do you suggest I do with their family issues on the world? On the world or on the word? Prophet Adia, I will answer that, but also I would like Prophet Adia to start because she is the prophet to the youth, to this generation, and she deals with them a lot. So you jump in. So is her question, how does she deal with family issues regarding, what was that? She said family issues on the world. So... Is she thinking culture? Maybe, maybe it's in the world. Maybe family issues in the world. Oh, the uh, world they live in, she clarified. And the world they live family in. Family okay. issues in their world. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that comes up, you know, all the time with, with dealing with young people and how they're going to navigate um, um, their world, specifically if, um, and I don't know if this is the case, but specifically if their family is not necessarily as involved in the church as they are, or if their family has differing opinions about what they should do culturally speaking. I think that the, the best thing that we can do for our young people is teach them Jesus's way, mm-hmm. his culture, you know, his belief system and how he works. That way they can take that into any environment that they're dealing with. You know, that's what we work on here with, with our young people. We try to give them the pattern of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that pattern fits wherever their world is and whatever that situation is. If you try to just deal with them situationally, you're going to run into roadblocks. You've got to teach them what the standard of Christ is because that standard goes through every culture, every practice, every generation, and it will follow them as they even age out throughout their youth experience. It will help them into their adulthood. Teach them Christ um, in his way, which is which does not change. hope that helps. Do you have another question? Because oh, There's another question. Okay. Okay, um, Jackie Thomas says, the shooting in Florida, our nation, what is going on? The shooting in Florida, our nation, what's going on is that, and we, it's, it's interesting, I addressed that on one of my shows. Uh, Americans have forgot our destiny, but they also didn't pass on strength to the next generation. 
They passed on division. They passed on individuality. They passed on parental abandonment, parental detachment from the kids. So these kids are pretty much raising themselves. I woke up today, and I'm going to do a show on this. It might be a special broadcast where God says his word is parents, start parenting your children and stop letting your children parent you. You're letting your children parent you through culture, through their sense, what do you call it, family, friends. You're letting them parent you through their decisions, their tantrums, their dislikes, etc. <clears throat> we just had a crisis this week, which we will be addressing. But you have got to stop letting your children and letting the media tell you your children know more than you do just because they know different things. Your children are smarter than you. Your children have more, more savvy than you. They don't. They're kids. They came into the world a blank slate, and it takes you to, to fill that slate. And stop being, stop being bold as parents. You know, no, you're not going here. Yes, I am taking your phone at 9 o'clock because you're not going to be on porn, pornographic sites all night. I am going to give it back to you in the morning. I, I'm going to raise my child. I think that in life, there's no greater investment than raising your child. That investment should not give you an evil return. One more question. Okay. Uh, this kind of ties into what you said earlier, Latasha Jarber. Uh, how do we separate church culture and Christianity for our youth? Well, I don't know. You know what? Let's just, I go back to what she said. Let's make Christ the priority. And then let's define Christianity by Christ. It's founder. And then, and I want to, I'm going to close this on a very interesting statement. And then let's conform church to Christianity that is defined by Jesus Christ and not culture. Culture is, is, a, is a phenomena, a, 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 not official phenomena. The culture has existed since the beginning of the world, and it will to the end. Culture is defined by people. We, have, we keep saying, treating it like it's some sort of, um, some sort of impersonal. Gener, you know, uh, genesis of, of feeling. People define culture. High people in high seats, businessmen, marketeers, uh, religionists, educators, people with a vision for a diverse world define culture. And in order for them to define it, they go digging into the past, the same place where we get ourselves in the past. They, they dig into the past, and they go on trips, missions trips to, to little indigenous tribes and, and little indigenous people that are anti-Christ. They go on this, and they bring these things back and use their money and their opportunity and their innovation to craft the culture they want as long as it's anti-Christ. Culture is not an automatic thing. It is not some sort of, um, I, I can't even think of what, autonomic thing. It just doesn't just show up. Somebody crafted this culture for your kids, and you need to track down who crafted this culture. You need to track down the businesses. You need to track, look at the commercials. They starting to, they're starting to tell you that they are crafting it because they're telling you all kinds of crazy stuff that have nothing to do with the product they sell. But that's going to be a good show, how culture is crafted. We will do that on, I'll make that one of our taking it on show, how culture is crafted. But stop make and, and, and make your children track culture, track the trends. Make them trace it all the way back to where it began. I would, I, we did a show once. I know I'm wrapping up, but we did a show once on genes. Remember? I did a whole study on genes, kind of find out that genes or the word genes came as a, 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 as a, a statement of rebellion. 
and that it, and it was meant for a generation's rebellion. Now today, it's a fashion obsession. You know, you can't. I mean, you you try to find go through a whole day and find five people that's not in some sort of jeans. That's hard. But but you had to figure it out, and it went all the way back to James Dean. And that movie's in the fifties. So you talking about we're we're outdated. You're tracking and and literally keeping a man's posthumous rebellion in vogue. And you want to tell me about us? You gotta be kidding me. So I will say to every one of you, culture is not a magic myth. It doesn't come out of nowhere. Culture is the intellectual strategy of power brokers and power people who have made it their business to craft this world for Satan. And there are several groups that are devoted to it, so you need to do it. If whoever it was that said they have a, uh, a school, or, I mean they work with youth, you need to give them that assignment. Track down the origin of. Track down the origin of piercing. Track down the origin of tattooing. Track down the origin, uh, origin of yoga. Track down the origin of yoga pants. Track that because these are not mystical, mythical things. These are people on a mission. We got any more questions? What is God's timeline for his apostolic takeover of America? Of course. <laughs> of course. Wouldn't it be? You know what? God's timeline has just come into play now. He had to first put a Christian in power so that he could protect his people. He can slow down those laws, et cetera, that are binding up Christianity. So we have a short window, and if we decide to, to do this for God and use this window, we'll all come into some sort of uniform harmony, some sort of uniform uh, approach to this. If we stay the way we are, then all of this here is not going to take us where we need to be. So the timeline is in play now. Now what God's people do with it, that's a whole other thing. Got time for one more. Oh, we have no more. Hey, we had a great show today anyhow. So listen, you all need to let me know. Do we keep call or do we just have a, a conversation and discussion afterwards? Let me know. I'm open to either one, but I don't want to sit on the line with dead air begging somebody to hit the button. Dr. Price doesn't do that. If you don't want to, I'm fine because we got enough to do. I got enough profits around here. I can have <laughs> some, guests, some guests come in. There's a lot I can do to fill my time. I do not have to do that. So, and if that season is over, because life is about seasons, yes, if that season is over, it's over. God bless you. Hey, join me Sunday for Scripture Organic, Culturally Unmodified Christianity at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God, God stands. God bless you. <laughs> I do, too. I think it's time for me to end the other. <laughs> <laughs>